0: It's good to see you. Love this time of year. Love the cooler weather. Um, It's uh, beautiful outside. Um, So um, We're going to begin with some scripture today. I'd like to invite you to grab a Bible and turn to Matthew chapter 6 uh, verses 19 through 34. Uh, By the background on the screen in front of you, you might be able to see a little bit of what we're going to talk about. I want to I want to start us off today with some of Jesus' words um, about, about life, about um, our possessions, but also um, about worry. Um, anybody here have a problem with worry? Huh? A few of you, yeah. Um, so um, I'm going to begin at verse 19. I'm going to encourage you to follow along as I read. Jesus says, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is unhealthy, Your whole body is filled with darkness, and if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep the darkness is. Kind of an interesting little paragraph. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon, in all his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire, tomorrow he will certainly care for you. Why do you have such little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what shall we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Anybody want to say an amen to that? Amen. <laughs> That's for sure. Uh, so I'm um, going to start this way. A thief... Stuck a pistol in a man's ribs and said, Give me your money. Gentlemen, um, the guy replied, kind of taken a little bit aback by the sudden attack, You cannot do this. I am a United States Congressman. The thief said, Well, in that case, give me my money. And I have a lighthouse one. Although I learned the last service, you're gonna to have to think about it for a second, okay? A homeless guy asked me for money today. So I looked in my pocket for change, but all I had was a twenty dollar bill. I thought to myself, do I really want this twenty dollars going towards booze? Nah, I said, so I gave him the twenty. All right, um, so these next few weeks, um, we're going to talk about financial freedom. And uh, I want you to know that truthfully, I love uh, talking about what the Bible has to say about money and our finances. It's like one of my things, even though I don't do it very often uh, here at Lighthouse Church. Um, I want to have some very practical conversations with you. And so I'm so glad that you're all here today. Um, it's probably not going to surprise you that a lot of what we're going to talk about today and in the next few weeks um, is rooted in gratitude and in gratefulness. And so uh, that shapes our question for today. Here we go. What is something in your life today that you are grateful for? And, uh, you know, I, I, was, uh, I always kind of think when I ask a question like this that, um, of course, Jesus is always a good church answer. Um, but it's really an opportunity to make, make us think of maybe deeper things that we value, whether they're, um, you know, possessions or people or whatever it might be. Um, here you go. What is something in your life today that you are grateful for, if you'd like to answer? You get Flint and Bill's attention. They will run the mics, and you stand up, speak directly in the mic. Give us a brief answer. Hello, I'm Jason. Um. I'm grateful for the new vision on life I have um, live with an addiction I had for so many years and turning it around now, um, it's a blessing to wake up every day. It's, an, it's, it's, um, it's completely different and I wouldn't uh, change anything because be, I wouldn't be where I'm at today. So thanks, Ail. Mm, thanks, Jason. Good morning, church family. My name is Samantha um, and today I am grateful for my friend Aileen. Um, She doesn't like to be called out in in attention, but um, I'm just grateful because I went through a period of um, pretty heavy isolation where I wasn't coming to church and I wasn't going to meetings and those types of things, but every Sunday she would text me and invite me to church, and she usually knew I was going to say no, Um, but now that I'm doing better mentally and I am coming back to church regularly, I'm just really grateful that she has stayed in contact with me and kept inviting me. Yeah, it's awesome. Good friends. Hi, my name is Mark. Um, just so happens, I heard on the radio driving over here today, that today is National Pastor Appreciation Day. Oh So I'm grateful. Thank you, Mark.): My name's Karen, and um, on October 31st, about five years ago, my son was in a horrific car accident, said he wasn't going to live through the night. Um He had a traumatic brain injury, and now he is working full time and um, and we're holding the chair for him now, so i'm grateful thanks yeah Thank you Who else is willing to share today? Got time for a few more here, so a couple more anyway. My name's Galen, and uh I preface what I'm going to say. I'm grateful for by defining what love is. Love is giving of yourself to others, and so what I'm grateful for is that God loves me. Hmm. Yeah, thank you, Yellen. <laughs> All right, Michael. Hi, I'm Michael, and I'm just grateful for the, my apartment because um, when I first was going to look for an apartment, I was I told my case managers and everybody, I'm going to get an apartment that's got leaking pipes and. You know, the guy's upstairs beating his girlfriend or whatever, you know, because of, because of my past charges and my criminal history. And the day I walked in my, to look at the apartment that I was going to be able to get, I said, this, is, this ain't for me. I said, this is a blessing from God. I mean, I got a brand-new digital stove, and it's just is nice. It's like, for me? <laughs> and, you know, I just, I'm very grateful for that, you know. That's you. awesome, Michael. Thank you. Good practical stuff. One more. Anybody else want to share? All right. We'll do one more. Good morning. My name is Sherry. Um, I am grateful for this young woman beside me. My daughter has shown me what true strength is, and I absolutely adore her. Yeah. Thanks, Sherry. (laughs) All right. Um, I love the diversity um, of our church and the transparency. Thank you for sharing. Um, So a long time ago, someone taught me that money is a very spiritual thing in our lives. And, uh, you know, just from a simple and practical standpoint, I want you to think for a moment um, about all the financial decisions that we make every day. Uh, We make more decisions about money or finances than probably almost anything else in our life on a daily basis, like your alarm goes off and you decide whether or not to get up and go to work today. Um, Do you brew coffee or do you stop and buy a cup of coffee? Uh, Do you, if you stop, buy a black cup of coffee or do you spend 10 bucks and get a fancy drink? Um, do I pack my own lunch, or do I go out for lunch or drive through the drive through um, Sometimes we have to decide what bills we're going to pay. Um, where to set the thermostat? Um, came to work the other day, and the conversation was, um, who all turn the heat on during the night? How do we go from air conditioning one day to like two and a half days later to having to turn the heat on? Um, your kids might need money. Or um, you go to a recovery meeting and they pass the hat. You make a financial decision. If you're in active addiction, it's all about being able to get your fix. Fix of whatever it is that you need to buy. Transportation costs money. Nice transportation costs a lot of money. Or groceries, for heaven's sake. Um, You know, how often have we gone to the grocery store lately and had to ask, what could I do without? Here's one. Quality toilet paper or cheap toilet paper? (laughs) Financial decision. Money and uh, finances. Um, Let's admit it. Um, It is a very spiritual thing for us. Um, Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Um, I want you to think about that for a second. It's very true. You know, you make a big purchase, and it's your baby. Uh, Your heart's in it. Um, Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. It's a very spiritual thing. Um, I also want to acknowledge something. Um, Our finances and our money are very personal things. Uh, pastors or others start talking about money and we seem to hold on to our wallets a little bit tighter. Yeah. So we are going to talk a little bit about giving, not today, but in the next couple of weeks. Um, but I hope you come back. <laughs> um, you know, one of the things that um, I I always want to say when I talk about um, giving is, um, and about money generally, um, is... Uh, is um, I want people to know that God doesn't need your money. Um, and you'll, you'll hear that again in the next couple of weeks, but um, God doesn't need your money. Uh, believe it or not, God is going to be fine without your money. Um, and I would even say that Jesus' church will be fine without your money because it's Jesus' church. You know how I know these things? Um, because I have learned in my own spiritual journey that the Bible says that God owns it all, that God owns everything. In fact, Psalm 24, verses 1 and 2 says this. I want you to read it out loud with me. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all its people belong to him. For he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the ocean depths. Um, everything belongs to God. God owns everything. Turn and tell somebody, God owns everything. So here is something that I have, I have learned um, over the years. Um, the Bible says so much about, about guidance for our lives, including about money and our possessions and our finances, because God just loves us. And wants what's best for us. Um, you know, first, um, I think God's word encourages us to keep a godly perspective on money and our finances. So, So here's the thing. It's the main thing I want you to take with you today. It's the main thing. If you hear one thing today, this is what I want you to hear. God owns it all. Okay? Everything that we have, including ourselves, belongs to God. We'll come back to that a little bit. Grab a Bible. Um, we're going to use it a little bit this morning, and I'd like you to turn to First Timothy. Um, there should be a page number up on the screen. There should be a Bible around you. First um, Timothy chapter 6. And I'm going to read verses 6 and 7. And I think you'll know these things to be true. First uh, Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7. Page numbers on the screen. Um, I'm going to read... Um, Right now, if you could follow along with these two verses. Yet true godliness with contentment is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into the world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave it. Isn't that the truth? So I've been a pastor a lot of years um, I have never buried anybody who was able to take their stuff with them. I mean, once in a while, people will throw something into the casket, and when they do, I realize it's going to decay along with the body. Um, or, you know, a lot of funerals these days end up being memorial services where somebody has been cremated. Even our bodies just get burned up. You, you came into this world with nothing. I'm going to break it to you. You're not going to take anything when you go. Um, It's kind of interesting how life works. My mom taught me this. Um, You know, we spend a lot of our life accumulating things, and then we spend the last year or two of our life trying to get rid of it all. And when my mom um, was still living, she had moved here into Fargo, and she had lived in this small apartment And every time we would go over and see her, she tried to give us something else that was in her apartment. It drove me nuts. Mom, we don't need that. But her goal was to have as little left as possible for us to kind of go through, and she largely um, succeeded at that. Um, You brought nothing into this world, you're not going to take anything out. Now, I do believe that God desires to take care of us. Um, I believe that wealth is a blessing that comes from God, but it comes with great responsibility. Um, As a pastor for years, I have also seen what financial stress can do to individuals and to relationships. Um, Statistics say that it is the number one stressor for couples. I've seen that people with great wealth also have problems. And I have even seen that sometimes their money only makes their problems worse. And I've seen the truth of these verses that I'm going to read for you right now. Do you still have your Bible open to 1 Timothy chapter 6? 9, verse 9 and following. But people... Who long to be rich fall into a temptation. They are trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Um, you know, I've just dispelled something that maybe you have kind of thought the Bible said that that money is the root of all kinds of evils? It doesn't say that. It says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evils. Um, Our beliefs about money and the things in our life have a huge impact on our daily life. I want to tell you, um, I I was thinking about that this week, and and one of the things that I realized is how often um, I have um, a conversation with some of you um, and, you know, some of you especially who are kind of um, here and then gone for a while and then back and then gone for a while and back. Um, I, I realize that, that um, people will often come to Lighthouse Church um, trying to turn things around in their life. Maybe they've been struggling with an addiction or mental health or relationship. But they'll often come here and they're all in. And um, what happens is I begin to see, we begin to see God doing some good things in your life, right? Maybe you get some time of recovery and, and things are going pretty well. And then the needs of the world begin to creep in. They're legitimate needs. And all of a sudden, you know, um, I, I am going to kind of chase a job that pays quite a bit of money or, or I need to kind of get back into some of the things that that legitimately we have to do to take care of ourselves. And I've had this conversation with some of you before. Don't let life or your job crowd out the good things that God has been doing in your life. Don't let life, don't let work, don't let the things that are coming take away your recovery. happens over and over and over again for us. In fact, uh, I... Had a had a man um, who was here some years ago who taught me something that I didn't know about the lives that some of you here right now have lived. Um, he said, "Dale, I want you to know that uh, for some of us, um, it's not necessarily the the drink or the drug that's going to get us back. It's the hustle. It's it's kind of the the adrenaline that comes from you know making money or selling things that." makes a lot of money, or just the rush of adrenaline that comes from the lifestyle that we've left, often we go back to the lifestyle first, and then the drink and the drug follows that. If that's you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Don't let life, don't let money, don't let a job, don't let God, um, don't let them get in the way of what God is doing in your life. You know, if you're intending to try to, to move forward on a path of of hope and, and support, um, you know, establish now the habits, the the things that, the, the principles that you can carry forward that will give you sustenance in your life journey. Here's something I want you to know. It's going to be up on the screen. Um, faith places our security in God's sovereignty, not in the things of this world. So I want you to kind of take that as a principle if you're if you're you know meeting jesus if you're learning about jesus um what what happens is is our faith begins to help us realize that what jesus was talking about in matthew is that my security doesn't come in the things of this world but it comes in a god who is sovereign over everything he owns everything and he's there to take care of me so jesus says why do you worry so much You know, God wants to take care of you. Now, to be clear, that does not mean that you should quit your job tomorrow and wait for God to take care of you. It's not what Jesus is saying. In fact, um, turn with me to one more place in the Bible, 2 Thessalonians. It's just a few uh, pages um, prior to to, uh, 1 Timothy that we just read from. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. Verse 6, Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 6. Um, let me read. This is uh, Paul who's writing this. He says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, we give you this command in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Stay stay away from believers who live idle lives and don't follow the tradition they have received from us. Um For you know that you ought to imitate us. We were not idle when we were with you. We never accepted food from anyone without paying for it. We worked hard day and night so we would not be a burden on any of you. We certainly had the right to ask for you to feed us, but we wanted to give you an example to follow. Even while we were with you, we gave you this command, those unwilling to work will not eat. That's kind of harsh. A little bit harsh. So here's the deal, what that, what that means is that to grow spiritually means that we learn to take responsibility for our own needs, right? And so growing spiritually also means that we kind of figure out, you know, the needs that we have and, and um, we make sure that we're working to, to take care of ourselves to the best of our ability. Um, it is true that we have been created for work. Some of you may not like hearing that, but it is true. You see, God worked. Um, God, when he created the heavens and the earth, he was working. When he created Adam and Eve, um, he was working. Scripture says that God continues to work in your life to fulfill his good purposes through your life. When God created Adam and Eve, he put them in the Garden of Eden to till the garden, to work it, to take care of what God has had given um, them. Um, there is a doctrine in our Christian faith called the doctrine of vocation. I have a, a definition that I like uh, for a vocation, especially from a spiritual standpoint up here on the screen. Your vocation is your God-given purpose or career suited for your gifts and abilities. Um, so your your gifts and abilities are going to be different than mine, so your vocation may be different than than mine, but you all have a vocation. there are things that God has allowed you to do and, and and allows you to do well. God has given you those gifts and abilities, and your vocation is a spiritual thing, living that out in the world uh, in service of God. When we use them in the world, we serve God and live out our vocational calling. God has created this world. And in order for us to have a functional life in society, we need things like construction workers and bankers and teachers and custodians and manufacturers and civil servants and business owners and baristas and teachers and, and street crews and police officers and restaurant workers. Do I need to go on? Can I stop there? We need a variety of kinds of people working in a variety of kinds of jobs. We need people able, willing, and gifted for an incredible variety of work. Whatever you do as a follower of Jesus, do it well. Whatever you do as a follower of Jesus, do it well. Your work is spiritual. It is God-given. Work as if you are working for Jesus. I always, I, some of you have heard me say this before. Every work, every job has value. If it's an honest job for an honest pay, day's pay, Um, And it's important. We need to be in the community fulfilling, you know, the roles that we all have. And I tell people here all the time to remember that there are no just jobs. What do I mean by that? I, I have people all the time, I say, you know, what are you doing for work? Well, right now I'm just working at such and such a place. And I want you to know, there are no just jobs in the kingdom of God. Um, there are jobs. They're all important. They're all needed. They're all necessary. If you're putting in a, a good day's work for a paycheck, con- you know, hold your head up high. If you are flipping burgers, flip them like you are flipping them for Jesus, right? Um, you know, the reality is, is that there are no just jobs and that what we do is important. So hold your head up high. And admit with me, I work for Jesus. I work for, Jesus. I, work for I work for the king. I don't care what it is that you do. You work for the king. That's pretty cool. We work for the king. Now, I have a word to those of you who do not currently have a paying job. Um, so we have many people in and around Lighthouse who are unable to work due, uh, due Uh, to a disability. And the first thing I want to say is thank God we live in a time and a place where there is help for you. That is so awesome. To you, if that's you, I want you to know that God still has a calling on your life. There is still a vocation available to you. And um, it's your responsibility to take the time and the energy um, to grow into that vacation, to not necessarily, you know, take advantage of your situation, but strive to improve yourself and your future. You can still serve in some way, right? You can still serve in some way. If you are someone who is a stay-at-home person, maybe raising the kids, can I tell you that, that God still has a calling on your life? Um, there is no more important calling than to raise children, by the way. So if, you are, if that's your calling right now in your life, that is like a, a huge vocation. Um, but if, if you're not necessarily in the workforce, you still have a vocation. You can serve and know that you have been blessed to serve, that there is purpose in your life. If you are retired or just tired... Can I just, first of all, tell you, retirement does not appear in the Bible anywhere. Only the rich people retired back in Jesus' day. huh? And Frankly, retirement freaks me out a little bit, but that's my issue to go through. Um, so let me just say that if you are retired, God bless you. Um, and I would ask you, how is God calling you at this stage in your life to serve him and to make the world a better place. You don't retire from that. Um, You have gifts and abilities and life experience that is so rich. Use it to give back. Now, to those of you who are in the workforce, um, there is nothing wrong with trying to better yourself, uh, to be ambitious. Um, Here's what I tell people. Work hard and earn all the money you can. Work hard and earn all the money you can. But I also will often follow that up with, um, earning all the money you can may not bring you the life that you're looking for. So here's what I will often um, say that I think we're looking for from a spiritual standpoint in regards to work. Um, We are looking for a work that uses, first of all, my God-given gifts and abilities. Um, and so if you're, if you're in a job right now that you're not, you're not feeling it at all, that's the first thing to ask yourself, is this fully utilizing the gifts and the abilities that God has given you? Or would you be better off doing something different because you're gifted in a different way? But then secondly, um, we, I think, look for a workplace where we feel supported and encouraged to grow. Here's the thing. You can be in a workplace that uses your gifts and abilities but doesn't support you or encourage you to grow, and you may be unhappy with your workplace. It may be that not that you have to do a different kind of job. It may be that you have to work somewhere else. You with me? Third, um, I believe that spiritually one of the best things you can do is look for a job that you're going to get up in the morning and look forward to going to. Because if you don't, your life is way too short to spend the rest of your life doing that. You with me? Yeah. You know, that doesn't mean that there aren't going to be days. But generally, um, life is way too short to be doing something that it just, you know, this isn't the right place. And... Um, here's what I've kind of learned. Um, may Money may not, you know, in the long run, be the driving force that keeps you going. Um, you may find that working for less money in a job that enriches your life and in an environment that enriches your life is more important than all the money in the world. So here's the deal. Um, as we talk about finances the next couple of weeks... Um, In my experience, most people don't have an earning problem. They have a spending problem. You know if that's you. We're going to talk about that these next few weeks. Um, I do hope you participate, and um, I want you to know that my goal is to, to talk about some practical stuff that may be helpful and at least get you moving in a good direction. Um, before we close, so I, I have just a little bit more. I want to introduce you to another church word uh, that is used quite a bit. It's the word steward or stewardship. And, um, and I've given you a definition that I use for um, a steward. A steward is one who takes care of that which belongs to someone else. Um, And so um, in our faith, from a biblical standpoint, we are all stewards um, of lots of things because we've already learned today that everything belongs to, yeah, everything belongs to God. So whether you like it or not, you are a steward of what belongs to God. You may be a good steward, you may be a not-so-good steward, but you are a steward of what belongs to God. And if everything belongs to God, I, st- I just want to acknowledge this today because um, in the next few weeks we're not going to talk about this in depth, but but one of the things that I've kind of gone through in my own spiritual faith life is to literally um, remind myself on a regular basis that, man, if everything belongs to God, does that mean everything belongs to God? So um, my money, the the money in my wallet, my bank account, my investments, my retirement, that belongs to God. We're going to talk a little bit about that next week. But here's the deal. Um, if everything belongs to God, that means that um, our relationships belong to God. The person that we're in relationship with, um, my relationship to you, you are God's child. You belong to God. My, my wife... Um, I say it, she's my wife, but she is actually um, God's child entrusted to me to care for. If you are married, your spouse is, yes, your spouse, but it's God's child entrusted to you to take care of. And um, I'm just going to confess from the, from the get-go here that I've been a pretty good steward financially over the years, um, but I've not been a good steward of other things always over the years. My kids, my daughter is here, my kids, um, Sarah, your kids um, are God's children. They're entrusted to you. Um, When I began to learn that my kids were entrusted to me to raise up and let go, it gives a different perspective. Um, Our children are God's children. Um, And, you know, we can go on. Um, Your time... Is not your time, it's God's time that has been entrusted to you. It's short. It's short. Take my word for it. How do you use your time? Are you a good steward of it? Your body! Ouch. Um, our bodies are God's gift to us. We are stewards of them. The gifts and abilities that allow me to do my job, even my recovery. I would say, is a gift of God. It belongs to God. How do I um, honor it and how do I live it out? Everything. God has entrusted everything that I have in my life. It's God's. And so how do I live that out? And over these next weeks in regards to our, our finances, you know, we're going to talk about you know how much do we give out of that? How much do we save out of that? How do we know how much to inspire? to spend? How much do we enjoy? Because I believe that being a good steward of what God has given us is enjoying life. Um, I've not always been the best at that. I've been kind of work and save or work and and give. And um, this week, um, I had a chance with Beth to take a couple of days off. We went to um, Leech Lake at Walker, Minnesota. Um, Here's the goal. Um, I love the fall. Um, And so we went to enjoy the the cool air, the Christmas, and the change of the leaves and the colors, and it was 90 degrees when I took this picture. We <laughs> were sitting by Leech Lake, reading a book, you know, in the shade because it was 90 some degrees, and um, the leaves in Walker, Minnesota, had not even started changing. But it was a beautiful day. It was, you know, a beautiful summer day, and there's a sailboat out there. Sailboat out there, and you know, the the lake was calm and. Um, you know, it gave me a little chance to to think about um, from, you know, the conversation we're having, all the blessings that God has given me in my life. Um, you know, sometimes we need to do that. The ability to breathe, you know, get up in the morning. Um, you know, um, we were able to go to this, you know, beautiful place. Um, I, I was thinking, you know, Um, I have a Jeep that's two years old now, but it's kind of the nicest vehicle I've ever driven, but I I own it. And we were able to drive that Jeep, you know, to Walker, Minnesota um, and back. And it made it, you know, that's good. Um, We were able to stay in a nice place um, in Walker because we can afford it at this stage in our life. Um, And, uh, well, we came back home to a house that we've owned. We, We own it. Um, outright, and it's a modest house, but we've been very blessed in it. Um, My wife and I um, have have sought to be good stewards and to be careful um, with what we've earned. Um, We've been very grateful for that. Um, We've been generous over the years. I'll talk more about that in the next couple weeks, but uh, we've more than tithed um, over the, uh, as long as I can remember, um, and um, gosh, God has blessed us so much with that. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Uh, but we've also saved, and um, our saving has, you know, blessed us with a place of some financial freedom at this place in life. So the irony was not lost to me because I set the the title for this series um, like a couple of months ago, um, finding financial freedom, and I realized, man, this week I had a little opportunity to enjoy what it can mean to find a little freedom um, from the burdens of this world. And uh, we're going to talk about that next couple of weeks. I hope, you, I hope you come back. Um, and I also want you to know that what we're talking about is not meant at all to make anybody feel guilty. Because um, when we talk about this stuff, it's pretty easy to think about all the things I've done wrong financially, right? Some of you here in this room um, are literally starting over. Um, you know, and not at age 18, maybe at age 38 or 40. I get that. It's part of what goes on in the world in which we live here. But what I want you to know um, is that God's mercies are new every day. It can start over every day, right? And, uh, and, you know, God loves us just as we are. just wants us to walk towards a, a life of fulfillment and purpose. So um, God bless you. Thank you for coming and hanging with me today.